It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for the roundtable. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm going to be your host, Ron Johnson. No Sam Extra today, but we do have Luke Inman, of course, the most interesting man in the room. We got Reggie Wilson. <laughs> we are going to talk about the Jets-Vikings game heavily today. Why? This game is starting to matter a little bit more. And TJ Hawkinson and David Blau told me something that I'm looking forward to discussing with these guys about how they can win, when they can win the NFC North, and what could possibly happen. Coming up next on the Roundtable. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. And it starts now. Gotta love the music. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson. I'm your host of the Ron Johnson Show. But no, today it's Friday, a special roundtable. We got Reggie Wilson, we got Luke Inman. We're gonna put a, a minute on the clock for each guys to answer questions. So it's gonna be fun, fast pace. And we're gonna talk Vikings football, of course. We gotta talk uh, the, the Timberwolves. Why? Because there's a narrative out there. And I talked about this on the Ron Johnson Show about what this team could look like, what this team might look like, and what needs to happen going forward. They're going to find out real soon what it could look like because of a specific injury to a player. But as we jump into this, let's jump into a quick Vikings, Jets, Reggie. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. I'm going to start with you, Reggie. The Minnesota Vikings. Now, Super Bowls in Minnesota are historically uh, bad. We're not, we're not going to talk about what happened. Uh, the Vikings have been to Super Bowls, have not won one. We know that. But this team at 9-2 and two, Feels like a team that can win a Super Bowl. Everybody's saying that this is a Super Bowl caliber team, Super Bowl winning possible team. But is this window, because like the Buffalo Bills, like the last two, three years have been there. The Chiefs, the last two, three years have been there. Uh, There's always certain teams that hang around. Is the Minnesota Vikings window closing with the age of some of their veterans? I'm going to start with you, Reggie. Yeah, I think so, especially when you think about the age of some of their better players. You know, you think about Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, and then you think about the cap that they're kind of strapped for right now, and and you, you try to maneuver that and try to figure out if these contracts are going to work long term and if these players are going to work long term because, you know, the as they're aging, the window closes. So I think it's, it's win Super Bowl now. You know, a lot of people talked about Kwesi when he said this will be a competitive rebuild. And it's like, wait a minute, you're either competitive or you're rebuilding. You can't be both. But I think this is what he's talking about. You mix a, a good, you know, mix of youth, a little bit of youth in there with some veterans and some, you know, some guys that are kind of in the middle and you you've built up what they have right now. And I think that is what's scary when you talk about, like you said, the Bills, like the Bills are largely young, you know, and and the Chiefs, they have some youth on their side, especially when you talk about their quarterback. And so their windows may be a little bit longer, but you talk about this Vikings team, they got to win now or it's 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 going to be rough. Yeah, Luke, what you got? Yeah, Reggie's right, man. If you just look at this core foundation and nucleus, it's hard not to see a total rebuild happening in the next, I don't know, three, four years. And people don't want to have this conversation, right? But it's the facts. Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Harry, Zadarius, 
Jordan Hicks is 30, 31, Pat P. They'll all be gone for sure at minimum. And then the two Dalvins, maybe Daniil Hunter, and you might need a new quarterback by then too. So people want to sit down and have a serious conversation about this, then yes, I think the time to go on a Super Bowl run is now. And another reason that puts so much pressure on capitalizing on this window, when you look back at their last three drafts, outside of JJ and Darisaw, which obviously two blue chip elite players, they just haven't added a lot of core foundational pieces. Don't get me wrong. There's good players in that second and third tier. Cam Bynum, Ken A, Wanham, et cetera. But when you think again of foundational pieces to build around outside of J.J. Derrissaw, O'Neal was drafted in 2018. They just haven't hit on a lot of these guys in the last three years. So it makes more and more pressure to capitalize on this window. So yes, the window is closing and they should go on a Super Bowl run here. If it's not this year, it almost has to be next year. And this is where I go with my window. I, and, and this is, might be the boldest, dumbest prediction ever. And I could be completely wrong. But Kevin O'Connell, to me, feels Belichickian. Like he feels like his offense. So something like Belichick, we know his defense is what eliminates people. Matt Patricia's offense is horrible. I don't know why he bought him back. That, that'll be another comp, uh, topic later. <laughs> I don't know why coaches bring coaches back. They get fired. For the reason of the reason they got fired. Their team sucked. And then you bring them to try to help your team. They're going to make your team suck. But Matt Patricia showing the, the Patriots why. Uh, but looking at Bill Belichick and what he was able to do with just Tom Brady. And he was able to continue to move pieces here and there. A bunch of no-name guys. Always a decent receiver, but not a million, you know, billion-dollar receiver. Randy Moss did come in, and they almost made history happen at 18-0 and and lost to the New York Giants, which the Dolphins were happy. But this is where I go. I think Kevin O'Connell... This offense, now he's going to have to figure out some of these pieces. But I feel like this offense, what he's trying to build here, uh, it's it, you can recreate it every year with different pieces of the puzzle they are willing to just come in and play. And so that's what I, I, I do think uh, with some of these players, like Harrison Smith, if you want to get them a Super Bowl, yeah, the window's closing. But if you're just like this team as a whole and we're not worried about guys that leave because of old age, I, I think Kevin O'Connell's, uh, and Chris Carter said it, when you want to be at work, it's fun. But I got a follow-up question for you. If you look at this team, the way it's built now, can Kirk Cousins play till he's 40 if he's willing to give money back? And that's kind of like the Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type of question. But the way this team is built now, if they can find a way to get Kirk to take less, they got to pay JJ. I'm going to start with you, Luke. Do you think Kirk Cousins is a 40-year-old type of quarterback guy? Think about the names that you just mentioned, Ron. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, guys <laughs> like that. What, what do they all have in common? They're pure pocket guys. They're not guys that are running around, creating plays with their legs, and taking those extra hits on their body. And that's why those guys are able to play deep into their 30s and maybe even into their early 40s like we're seeing now. I think Kirk Cousins can do it for sure because he is that pure pocket guy and – because the Vikings between what Rick Spielman brought in towards the end, and then obviously now with guys like Christian Derrissaw, hopefully Ed Engram continues to develop. He's got an offensive line to protect him as well. So I certainly think he's got the recipe and a catalyst to be that guy that can play until his late 30s, maybe even early 40s for sure. Because the, you look at some of these mobile guys, you know, guys like Lamar and, and Jalen Hurts, as much as I love them, it's so hard to play past 10, 12 years because all the hits that they take over and over over the years. So Kirk Cousins doesn't do that, as we know. I think he could be a guy that plays until he's 40 for sure. What you got, Reggie? 40-year-old, yay or nay? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that 
holds up and that checks out a little bit better than somebody like a uh, Josh Allen. I think the best case study for somebody like Josh Allen is like Cam Newton, all those hits that he took. And, you know, Allen is not really one to slide a whole lot. Like he's looking for contact and things like that. And so when you see a guy like that, you're like, yeah, I don't know if that's sustainable for a very long time. You look at the guys that you did name like Breeze and Manning and Brady, like those guys playing, late into their careers like they weren't those type of guys they were trying to avoid hits as much as possible we know that Kirk Cousins has you know kind of opened up a little bit more mobility to his game this season but you know even he's still trying to like protect himself you know he's been a guy that in the past when the pass rush has come and it's gotten close he kind of just like you know he's like all right just nestle me down to the ground don't don't be too rough with me I'm trying to get up and play that next play okay just be careful with me all right, let's go to the ground slow. And so I think that type of playing style is is one that could be sustainable until his, uh, until he's 40 or, or later. And this is what I'll say about Kirk Cousins. Um, his workout regimen, you know, he's now joined with the same guy that, that's training Adam Thielen, the same process uh, that the CJ Ham goes through. When you look at those guys and how Adam Thielen uh, you know, reinvented himself, created who he was as a receiver, started to become a guy. Um, I feel like Kirk Cousins now getting into the stretch game, you know, doing doing some of the little things because everybody made fun of Tom Brady's, you know, avocado tequila diet and all this other stuff. But the man at 40, whatever, 44, 45, I mean, I don't know, I forgot, 43, maybe 44, but he is playing decently. I mean, now the Buccaneers as a whole, not so much, but the man is playing better than a lot of these young guys that are in their 20s. And so when you think about that, and I think uh, Luke hit that nail on the head and Reggie did too, the, the, the fact that Kirk Cousins doesn't want to take hits, the fact that he's learning, and this is just year one of this offense. This is just year one of having a coach that loves and trusts him. When Tua said that he asked Mike McDaniels if he sucked, mental health is huge. That plays a part on your aging. Tom Brady got divorced and now he's looking like, you know, he can't lose. Like, I, I'm excited to see what happens Sunday because if Tom Brady wins again, now everybody's going to be like, man, I might need to get divorced to start winning some games because, you know, I will, baby, no, I mean, we'll get married again, but you're stressing me out right now. But, you know, like having a coach that doesn't stress you out, having a coach that doesn't wear on you brings that age back. But but looking at age, yeah, and, and just popularity. real quick here too, you got, yeah, Cousins has only missed two games since 2015. One of them was Week 17. He missed because of COVID related. So again, between that and this top five offensive line that's kind of flourishing before our eyes, it's just a great recipe for success and longevity. I think to your point, Ron, with Kevin O'Connell specifically, you're right. And yeah. he's enjoying and so, a lot of, of this season as well. He talked about how, you know, it almost made him emotional. He said after that last mm -hmm. game on, on Thanksgiving, he said it almost made him emotional just thinking about how the guys are rallying behind him. Even when he made that mistake, that first quarter interception, the guys came over and picked him up. How much Kevin O'Connell is complimentary of him. And he has been, I think, uh, before people thought maybe he was blowing smoke. He's like, okay, okay. Like, we cousins like KOC is just you know he's being nice you know but like he actually meant what he said coming into this season um where he was like look I'm excited to coach him I think we could do some great things I asked him when I had my one-on-one -on -one with him like can you guys take him to another level Kirk can get to another level he's like absolutely
Absolutely. And I think this year we're seeing that. And like you said, Ryan, like mental health, it does matter. And he's not bogged down by a head coach that he really doesn't get along with. Like there's some mm-hmm. synergy between he and KOC and you can tell. And it's, it's really resulting in a, a better system. And just wait, like you said, until he really understands this offense. Because he said even after that game, he feels like he can be better. And especially because he's still learning this offense and he's still trying to figure things out. But he said the winning helps cure it. So think of it when he has this offense a little bit more down pat how much better they can be with that encouragement, that constant encouragement that he's getting from his head coach and the team around him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All good points. And and speaking of Kirk Cousins, the Pro Bowl voting is out. <clears throat> Kirk's not one of those guys. He's not a, a popular guy. He's not a social media guy yet. Maybe he'll get a social media team now if he gets his grills. But when you look at this Pro Bowl voting, uh, we saw, we saw guys leading the votes, TJ Hoggison, like, People are voting for him, and he was a lion for part of the season. So that tells you how much people like him or Vikings fans rallying around him because we know you just tweet votes now. It's a little bit different than what it used to be. When you look at guys getting Pro Bowl votes, are there some Vikings that definitely deserve to be on the list that are on the list, and there are some guys that are being snubbed that you feel like should be on that list? We'll start with you, Reggie. Yeah, I think guys that definitely deserve to be on the list, it's tough when you think about Kirk Cousins because, you know, 2,700 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Definitely not eye-popping numbers, but he is helping the Vikings win these games. But I think if you think about locks, you think about guys like Justin Jefferson, obviously. Dalvin Cook is top 10 in the league right now in rushing. Harrison Smith, uh, you look at Patrick Peterson, he's playing well. I would put a guy like Harrison Phillips there as a Darius Smith as well. And then maybe backdoor Daniil Hunter, depending on how many sacks he finishes up with. So they got a good amount of guys. And that's usually what you see when there's a team that is winning a lot of games and has a good record. You see a lot of those guys on the the list for the Pro Bowl. So I know I've named a lot of guys, but a lot of those guys are deserving. Look who's in your Pro Bowl list. Who's snubbed? Well, who's first in, of all, who do you like? I, yeah, I, we, we just got to take a step back here and call up. Justin Jefferson right now has the single most votes in the league, more than any other player in the NFL, more than Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill. That's wild because usually quarterbacks have by far the most votes. So it's kind of amazing to think about and tells you, as much as we love J.J. here in Minnesota, obviously, how much the entire world is looking at Jefferson and how special and popular of a player he's become in the national media. I think Darisaw and O'Neal both have to be in there. T.J. Hawkinson should get in, as you mentioned, just on the name alone. And the fact there's not a lot of premium tight ends in the NFC this year. Kenny, I think he should be in the mix or discussion, at least, for special teams. And defensively, I think two guys really stand out. Patrick Peterson, Zadarius Smith, they should make the cut. Those would be the top players on the Vikings that right now, I think, through these 11 games, I could say confidently have played and produced to a Pro Bowl level. Uh, Reggie mentioned Harrison Phillips. I would love to see him at least be in the mix as well. Defensive tackle, nose tackle, they're kind of tough. They're not sexy. They don't get all the stats. Sometimes the Pro Bowl guys got like two and a half sacks. But if you look at how he's impacted this defense, he should be in the mix as well because he's had a heck of a season too. This is where I go with this. So the MVP is a quarterback-led voting Mm -hmm. deal. Justin Jefferson clearly is a fan favorite. So one, Justin Jefferson should be in the MVP conversation now. Uh, But when you look at where everything lands, where everything sits, I feel like a 9-2 and quarterback 
should definitely be in this conversation. Like a nine and two quarterback should be over nothing against Geno Smith, but a nine and two quarterback should be getting more votes than Geno Smith. And that's where I figure that this is more of a popularity contest, more of a, a heartfelt because everybody's rallying around Geno because they hate Russell Wilson that much now. Like Russell Wilson <laughs> used to be America's sweetheart and everybody hates him so much right now because he's saying, let Russ cook, uh, Mr. Unlimited. Uh, he's sucking it up and he let's continues fly. to right. Let's ride. Like it is t like the danger, witch. I'm going to eat a sandwich blindfolded. Like, bruh, I could eat anything blindfolded because it's in front of me like that. I, I don't know who's on that PR team for Subway, but please ask me like, Come be a spot. Let, let, let Ron Johnson show. Let Superior Sports Talk. Let Locked On Sports Minnesota be your sponsor, spokespersons, Subway, because we have way better ways to eat sandwiches than blindfolded. Maybe shirtless with gold <laughs> chains. I would rather do that than eat a blindfolded sandwich. But I get it. Her, uh, Russell Wilson is trying to find his way, but that's not it. He needs to look at Pat Mahomes, just put on a red shirt and say, hey, this is my insurance company. You guys do the stuff. I'm just going to stand here and be me. But that's why I say Kirk Cousins deserve to be in it because Kirk Cousins still, even though people love the change and all the stuff, at 9-2, and two, people still are not in love with Kirk Cousins. If a 9-2 and two team, like let's say Tom Brady was 9-2 and two right now, with Kirk's stats, Tom Brady is the league-leading quarterback vote-getter. If he was nine yeah. and two, and everybody's talking yeah. about divorce Giselle, he's nine and two, he's drinking avocado tequila every day, he's going to lead the league in votes if he had the same exact stats as Kirk Cousins. And that's why that's frustrating because it's a popularity contest. So I think Kirk Cousins has stuff. The rest of the guys, hey, Chris Boyd, special teams guy, deserves it. He's working hard. Mm -hmm. He's at, he's giving out jerseys for votes. So I hope it works mm -hmm. out for him because what people don't realize you get paid to go to Pro Bowl. So he's 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 hedging his bet. Hey, if I pay a little bit now, I can make some more back for the Pro Bowl. He's going to get playoff money because that's free money for players. I love that too. Um, here's another quick one, though. When you look at Justin Jefferson and we had Chris Carter on <clears> – <throat> And you think about uh, where this team is. And so when, when I talk about where Justin Jefferson is with this team and playoff implications. So two, it's kind of a two-sided question, but I'll get into I'm going to pay the tease off next towards the end, but I want to get this. Justin Jefferson, quickly, 30 seconds each of you, does he get 2,000 yards? Because now he's on pace to be, I think, 2,002 yards really quick because the fans always want to know, does Justin Jefferson get 2,000 yards? Let's go with you, Luke, first. Oh, it's going to be so close, guys. Again, as you said, he's close. He's on pace. I think he's got to average, what, about 110, 120 yards per game. Certainly, we know mm -hmm. he can do that. The only thing I worried about is every third or fourth game, he kind of finds a little rut or a little lull, pending on how the defense wants to play him and take him out of the game. So if he can avoid those situations, because what do we got here left? Six, seven games left. If he can avoid those mm -hmm. lulls, he's got to be consistent. I certainly think he can do it. It's going to be so close, guys. It's going to come down to the final week there in Soldier Field. Yep. Reggie. Yeah. And and I agree. I, I think it's going to be tough, but I think he gets there, honestly. I, I think, especially with these division games left, like, I could see him going off against the Lions. Like, that first game against the Lions didn't go well, didn't go how he planned. With these three division games left, I think that's where we're going to see him shine. He may go for 200-plus just against the Bears alone in that last game of the season. If it means something, if they still have to be playing for something later in the season. You know, Mike Zimmer last year didn't give him much to get in that last game. But this team, 
seems to be a lot more behind his efforts. So I think maybe he mm-hmm. he gets there. Um, I could see it happening probably in that last game. And hey, fans, make sure you remember, this is very important. There's an app out there. There's an app on the Roku and Amazon Fire. It's, it's the Locked On Sports Minnesota app, people. All you have to do is go to your TV, click it, when you search, it'll say what you're looking for. Just start typing in Locked On. It'll, you'll start to see it. Go to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Download it right to your TV. That way, when you're sitting in the office, when you're doing work, you can just click on the app and let our stuff play. Get some Vikings talk, last-minute press conferences, up-to-date stuff right after the game with Luke Inman – or sorry, with Sam Ekstrom and uh, Luke Bryan. We are going to have all the Vikings talk, all your sports talk as well throughout the year please make sure you download it on the Amazon Fire or the Roku app, both. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota, and we're right there on your TV. All right, coming up next, we're breaking down if the Wolves can stay afloat without Cat and go above 500, plus checking in on the Minnesota Gophers. But first, Vikings now 10-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Vikings open this week versus the Jets at home at the bank in the backyard as three-point favorites over-under. Opened at 43. It's now moved up to 44.5. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NHL, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, fellas, I'm a basketball head. I love basketball. Uh, It's my first love. Uh, just like love and basketball, I love that too. <laughs> but when you think about basketball, and I said this with Sam this week, I said, for all those hoopers that understand basketball, when you have two bigs on the court, normally one plays high, one plays low, and you take advantage of the mismatch. The problem with the Timberwolves is Cat, I don't, I, I think he thinks he's Anthony Edwards. Like he tries to dribble drive like he has a handle. Like, Nothing against the man. He would take me to the lane because he's seven feet, but he doesn't have a handle. Like, he doesn't. Victor, he has a handle. Kevin Durant has a handle. Kyrie Irving, he has so many handles. If he had luggage, he could pick it up at any point and carry it to the airport. Like, that man has handles on top of handles. And shout out to Kyrie, by the way. He just donated $22,000 to a friend of mine's daughter so she can go on a trip. Wow. Like, And it was secret and quiet. Like, Kyrie is not out here telling people what he's doing. She posted mm-hmm. it. But I'm like, man, like, that's crazy. She's from Detroit, has no ties to, to, to him besides that she went to high school at the same high school Sauce Gardner went to. Has nothing to do with this. Kyrie Irvin gave this little girl 22 grand. So shout out to Kyrie. But when we talk about basketball, there's something fundamentally wrong with the Timberwolves offense. Like, it just doesn't work. But with Cat out, it seems like maybe there's a little bit more spacing. Can this team stay above 500? And will they finish above 500 while Cat's out? I'll start with you, Luke. First thing out the gate, they got the third easiest schedule coming up when it comes to strength of schedule. So that right there makes me believe they'll still have a very good shot at winning ball games during this stretch with Cat out. But even besides that for a second, they got the players, they got the talent to win games in this league consistently. We already know Ant can be that dude. Finch and the team can kind of just lean on now. And he's got the players around him to move the ball and be successful. Ant, Rudy, McDaniels, D'Lo, et cetera. That's enough to not just be competitive, but win games in this league. And the last thing too, 
is there's no possible way they'll continue to shoot as poor as they have. They're like a bottom five, even bottom three team in the league in multiple shooting percentage categories. And it just feels like it's really fluky. Like that's just really fluky. They're going to start to come back to the pack. And when they do, I think they find success at minimum and stay afloat until Cat can come back. So I do think that they can, but I think something that has to happen, and this was a problem even with Cat, but they are getting killed on the glass, man, like killed. And Luke and I talked about it yesterday. When they played Memphis, they were out-rebounded 59-29, to and Rudy Gobert only had one rebound. If Shaq saw that box score, he would be upset. He'd say, Rudy, Rudy needs to dominate. He needs to dominate Kenny. He needs to dominate Ernie. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's doing out there, Ernie. I don't know what he's doing, Kenny. He needs to dominate. And I think that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take Rudy having to like really be like that rim protector, be that dominant force that we've seen because they won by eight against Memphis. They were out rebounded by thirty, and then they also had uh, twenty-seven turnovers. The Grizzlies had that. That those are like anomalies, I feel like. Those are not mm-hmm. things that are gonna happen all the time. So they are gonna have to play a little bit better. I like the hustle. I like the scrappiness that they showed. I like Ant taking over these games. He scored 29, led the team. They're gonna need those type of efforts, but they gotta get better on the glass. Yeah, and and so here's why I, th- I go with this. My answer is no. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be above 500 <laughs> without Cat. I, I just don't. Um you're missing a fundamental piece. Rudy Gobert is not a big that's going to do anything besides like Rudy Gobert thrive because of Donovan Mitchell. And this is the only way it possibly goes right. If Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards somehow become a one, two big little punch, I think that can be something to be seen. If that actually works and they can start, cause I mean, you know, Rudy Gobert is looking forward to December 9th. I'm looking forward to December 9th. Because I got my DirecTV thing getting fixed, so that for me is a big day for me. But for for Rudy Gobert, he's playing his former team. And everybody knows when you play your former team, you really want to have a good game. You really want to have a good game. And so that could be the game where he goes to to Ant. And I don't even speak French. I don't know if he's if he does it to Ant. And Ant's like, dude, what do you I like speak English? But I don't I don't know what happens. But Rudy Gobert going into Ant and saying, look, here's what can work. Here's what I dominated with. When you think about alley-oops from Donovan Mitchell, you think about uh, Donovan Mitchell having the option as he's driving where Big can't just help because he knows if I leave him, he's going to toss it up. They haven't jailed in that yet. You know, Hoopers know, Reggie knows this. When it comes to Hoopers, it becomes like second nature once you – like think about all the alley-oops Dwayne Wade threw without even looking, just like, yep, I feel LeBron. I'm not even looking at this. I'm going to throw it up, and it's an iconic picture now. They haven't gotten there. They haven't gotten there to the point where they're making these plays knowing when he goes, he's I'm going to follow. If the guy comes, I'm going to drop it off. Like, And, and maybe it's because it was Cat. Like I said, when there's two bigs, the lane is congested and there's not a lot of space. Now maybe they'll have some spacing because Rudy Gobert likes to play that pick and roll at the top. Um, so we'll see. But I don't think they can do it. You look at the Thunder, Pacers, Jazz, Timberwolves, or sorry, Trailblazers, Trailblazers with those uh, – We'll see how those back-to-backs go. Clippers, Thunder, Bulls. Now, and then the Mavericks are when they're going to get actually shellacked on that back-to-back. I'm just saying, Luka's going to go off. Luka's going to have himself a day, twice. But when you look at that, it doesn't look like a scary like schedule. It's not like, oh, my God, they got the, the, they got the, the best of the best, and they're going to get killed by the Suns. 
Like, that's a winnable schedule, but I just don't know if they have it. Like, that's what I'm worried about if they don't have that oomph. Um, but talking about bench players, role players, we know when guys get hurt, somebody else has step in. I think, you know, you think about some of the, the NBA stories that we've heard about when guys get hurt and guys come in, like a Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson goes out, Jordan Poole gets inserted, Jordan Poole becomes big time, get punched in the face guy, but he becomes big time, oh. put on a show for people. Um, so when you think about that, <laughs> is there a player on the Timberwolves that you feel not Jordan Poole, because Jordan Poole, I saw him in Michigan and he was balling then. But when you look at a player that possibly can come in for Cat, and not just Cat, but be another player to get maybe some more touches now, because Cat's, you know, 30, 40 touches a night aren't going to be there. Is there a player on this roster that you're looking forward to seeing having a chance to, to move or, or do something? And I'll start with you, Luke. Yeah, well, I was at the game Wednesday night versus the Grizzlies. I sat down. I saw this guy with my own two eyes. Dude played 31 minutes. That was more than Rudy Gobert, by the way. Jalen Noel, absolute show yes. coming off the bench. 24 points, five boards, two steals, plus minus of plus eight on the night. And I'll be honest, I didn't know he had it in him. I didn't know that this dude could ball like that. And even if he's half of what he was Wednesday night on a consistent basis, then you got Noel, McDaniel, Slomo. Hopefully Wendell Moore can impact the game a little bit more. That's a solid core of guys that can all help pick up the slack and form more of this team chemistry with Cat out, as opposed to being kind of top-heavy with two, three superstars that you have to force-feed constantly with Cat and Rudy. So I think it's going to have to look a lot different just in general, and we're going to see a lot more guys get involved now. But I think at the end of the day, they do have the players and the coach to make it work and find ways to win games these next four, six weeks. And, of course, also, too, I got to add, I think Nas Reed, always been a big fan of him. I think he's going to get a lot bigger opportunity now and a bigger role, which I'm excited to see how that plays out as well. Yeah, I would agree with you, Luke. You took the guy from me straight. Like, Jalen Noel is a bucket. Like, he has shown time and time again that that's exactly what he does. He just gets buckets. You mentioned 31 minutes off the bench. It was interesting to see, you know, Wendell Moore Jr. get the start. But then they brought Jalen Noel in for those 31 minutes, and he got 24 and led him with 29, and he got 24. And so this is a guy that can just run it up on any given night. He's not necessarily like a streaky guy. Like, he can he can fill it up. And I think that's going to be one of the guys that they're going to rely on quite a bit. They're going to need a little bit more from slow-mo. They're going to need a little bit more from Nas Reed. And I think Nas is going to be a good player for them in, in Cat's absence. If he picks his spots, because, you know, sometimes I think he thinks that he's Cat coming out there just popping the three, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, slow it down, Nas. You're you're pretty good, but, you know, it's a difference between you and Cat. So I think that's going to be something interesting to see, but I think it's going to be more collective, but look for Jalen Noel to kind of be the guy that pushes forward. Here's a guy that I'm going to go with. I think Rudy Gobert, like I want to see Rudy mm. Gobert become the Rudy Gobert that we remember. Like you look at last year with the Jazz, he averaged, averaged almost 72% from the field. He was an average of 15 to 16 points a night. He would pop off every once in a while, which he has done this season. He had a 21-er, a 17-er, but he's got to do that consistently while Cat is out. He's got to be that second guy. He's got to be the defensive player of the year while Cat is out. Like that's the things where I think even defensively, the defensive mindset has changed a little bit because you have two bigs. 
And in the past, it was always Rudy Gobert just, you know, he would hang around the lane with, with his guy. Every time the guy would go a little too high in the pick and roll, he tried not to end up because we've seen him try to guard Steph Curry in space. It's not pretty. Uh, but he would mm. try not to be that guy. He would try to hedge so that he can get back to his guy. So he 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 was an all-star. He was one of the best players in the NBA. He was a guy they talked about every night. I don't know if it's a Timberwolves curse. I don't know what it is, but I want to see Rudy Gobert get back to being Rudy Gobert without Cat, where he's not deferring to Cat. Like, hey, I'll be the other big. You just go to work, Cat, and I'm just here. Hopefully now he takes over and he's just the big on the court. He's the guy. He's the wingspan. He's the blocker. He's going to dunk. He's going to put back because he doesn't have to worry about Cat trying to get a rebound and get a double-double. So hopefully we'll see Rudy Gobert come back. And then maybe Cat has to find his way around this offense and maybe reinvent himself because it's not working. You're 11 and 11. You should be, you know, you're 10th right now. You should be top four the way this NBA is built right now. And nobody's really dominating and saying, hey, this is our league. This year feels like a blah league so far. It's only 20 games. I get it. But I'm just, I'm a little bit concerned with that. Hold and up. Before we jump to our Rudy, next top, yeah. Rudy averaged 72% from the field last year. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Like that had to be one yeah, of the higher. Every, that was, was his highest. Because he's catching all these lives and stuff. That's yeah, I mean, he's right, next to me. right there. Wow. You gotta yeah, get I, I didn't know that. that Ron, I think you nailed it. That. It's funny. Luke, Luke hit the Luke hit the shack on uh Christian Wood. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't familiar with your game <laughs> when he saw Jalen Noel. <laughs> but I, I man, Ron, that is so spot on, man. Like mm-hmm. it's time. And I feel like I, I keep saying it's Shaq. I always hear Shaq like all the big men that he sees, like if they aren't absolutely dominating, then he has a problem with it. But like I said, yep. there cannot be a game where Rudy only gets one rebound. He got one right. rebound, nine points. Like that is not affecting the game. Like, and I think it's a blessing in disguise if he can figure out his role on this team and then Cap comes back yep. and he's trying to figure out his role because now Cat mm-hmm. is trying to adjust to what the Wolves are getting success with as opposed to mm-hmm. the other way around. And so, yeah, it's time for Rudy to go get it, man. I need at least 15 and 10 from him like mm-hmm. every night. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. And hey, everyone, remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. If you want to find out if Kirk took a shirt off, you better tune in because we'll let you know. Like our videos and leave your comments in the section below. And hey, there might even be a bet where Luke Braun or Luke Inman decide who's going to take their shirt off and wear the chains this week because you just never know what's going to happen. Nobody wants with that. those guys in Nobody the football party. That. Hey, put the chains on, take your shirts off. You guys are you guys are built like Luke. Kirk how many Cousins, chains so you got? Go you got a couple. Oh, you, you don't want to know, man. You don't want to know. You got a lot of chains? <laughs> I got some ice over here. It's getting frosty okay. over here. All right. Well, fellas, we got two more quick topics. Like I said, I got to pay off the tease. I, people know I'm not going to tease you guys and then not pull it off. I'm going to I'm gonna bring up the TJ Hawkinson, David Blau conversation because there's a question mm-hmm. in there uh, where the fellas stand with what David Blau said. And uh, it's going to be on the Audible, so make sure you check that out by 3M. But, hey, here's we go with this one. The Gophers. When you think about the transfer port, everything going on, but they kind of seem like they have their quarterback in Ethan Calic Manis. With this team, they did pick up Marcus Allen, uh, former four-star receiver at Wisconsin. So he jumped the 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 border and came over to the to the good side because we got the axe. 
three out of the last five years we've had the axe. So he's like, man, look, this is where the trend's going. PJ's got it going. They did get Luke Fickle, so you can't go back, but it'll be interesting to see how Luke Fickle and PJ match up. But do the Gophers have a quarterback in Ethan Calic Manis? And do you like what you've seen so far? I'll start with you, Reggie. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's gonna be good, man. I think the the issue with Tanner Morgan is it's like, look, he's a solid guy, but I think you see what you get from him. He's just going to be a steady Eddie guy. What you get from Ethan is a guy who can stretch the field. He has a little bit more of a livelier arm. And I think there's a little bit more of the offense that opens up. I think you look at this Gophers team and sometimes you watch the offense and it's like watching paint dry. And I think getting Mo and moving on from him, like now it's kind of, it kind of puts it into Kelly McManus's hands. And now it's like, okay, it's your time to shine. I think he does need to make sure that he has the the skill positions on the outside that he can, you know, sling that pill around and, and get this offense kind of humming a little bit. And it's to your point, Ryan, like I covered Luke Fickle for a couple of years. Like he's a bona fide dude. Like he's going to get a statue in Cincinnati at some point one day. Like he's going to up the competition at Wisconsin and it's going to get tough in the next three to five years for the Gophers. So like, while you have this window and you have this quarterback that can be a bona fide guy for you, it's time to go get it and it's time to go shine. And I think they get those those weapons for him right. I think he's going to be good. Luke, what you got? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, listen, not many quarterbacks have much success against Iowa, so I'm giving him a free pass on that. One of the best defenses in the country. But to come yeah. back in his biggest start of his career, first Wisconsin, the game everyone circles at the beginning of the year for the Axe, and put up the numbers he did, 319, two TDs, zero turnovers. Sheesh. Even showed off, again, the wheels and mobility a little bit. I think he's going to add a lot to this offense next season. I mean, when's the last time we've even seen Gophers quarterback throw for over 300 yards? I feel like it's been a minute. Really encouraging stuff from him, especially given how young and inexperienced he is still. And I know it's a small sample size, but if you're a Gopher fan, you got to be encouraged and excited about this kid's potential. And if the Gophers were to go into the transfer portal this offseason, you mentioned they already added a wide receiver, but just continue to surround him with more talent. They're going to lose their all-world center to the draft. Moe's going to mm -hmm. be gone as well, right? We know that. But it doesn't need to be just one receiver. Surround him with as much talent, offensive line, protection, running game, maybe a tight end, as much as you can. I think that could help his development exponentially next year to the point they can really start taking the training wheels off and see mm -hmm. how good this guy can really be. And this is what I'll say. Um, I watched all the games, of course. I cover the Gophers on the Gophers game day uh, pregame show. And, and we do the PJ Fleck show every week as well. And so covering the Gophers, like, you know, PJ Fleck texted me the other day because I texted him happy birthday. And then he kind of texted me back about some practice stuff. And just the, the the quick conversation of Ethan versus Tanner. Tanner is the winningest quarterback in Gophers history. We know that. He's found ways to win games. He's had some great receivers, though. You look at Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Chris Hoffman, Bell. He's been blessed with some NFL-caliber wide receivers. We know that. You look at Ethan Kaliagmanis. He went through some growing pains thrown in against Penn State, having to play against Iowa, playing against Wisconsin. Those are big – like, those weren't cupcakes. He didn't get to play, you know, Northwest Missouri State San, Dian San Antonio's diversion. Um, like, he didn't play that, De DeVry Tech. Like, he didn't get to play those games. So this is what I like about Ethan. He's long. He can run. He makes the throws. This is where the kid has to get better. His pump fake is absolutely trash. Like, it's the worst pump fake I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He plays like he's on the <laughs> playground playing flag football. Like, it's literally like a 
You know, it, it reminds me of the dude from like, I don't even know what movie is, but it's the movie everybody makes fun of where the guy's like talking to the girl at gym and then he's like throwing the ball. Like, that's what that pump oh, fake yeah, reminds yeah, yeah. me. I'm like, like, I don't know what movie Let's that see is. It, Ron. Find, Let's but... see a good pump fake. What's it supposed to look like? Let's see one. <laughs> well, it's Come supposed on, to be like that. One. It's just like, it's subtle. It's the subtle <sighs> shoulder. Like, that's it. It's just, uh. And then, because when you do that, a DB feels like, oh, he's coming. Like, this just looks mm -hmm. like, like, what are you doing? Like, I get it, but it's just playground. And as he learns that teams are going to come, you can't do this with a, a linebacker possibly coming from the backside. This, Dude. you could still take a hit, and coaches always teach. Good point. Keep two hands on the ball until you're ready to throw. That's fundamental. Keep two hands on the ball until you're ready to throw. Don't do this because you might slip. It might slip out. You can't truly, like, you can pump hard like this. You can't pump hard like that. Like it's it, you're trying to like hold the. It's just weird. But mm -hmm. I do think the Govers have a quarterback. I think the kids are gonna be good. You look at Marcus Allen. Like I said, they got him from from Wisconsin. They're gonna get some more kids in the portal probably. They have Chris Altman Bell coming back. You have Daniel Jackson who's taking over. Dalen Wright shows you he can be a guy. Uh, Brevin Span Ford is coming back. They're gonna have to find a running back. But I don't think this is gonna be a running back driven team next year. I think this is gonna be a pass driven team with Ethan and more. He's gonna do it with his legs. I'm looking forward. Like I, I'm looking for like a a picket type of like production where he can run and pass. He can be a dual threat guy. So the Gophers definitely do have it. Time to pay off the tees, people. Sitting down with T.J. Hawkinson and David Blau this week. Uh, extended, like I mean, it was. I mean, I, I got over there at four. I don't think I left the building until like six thirty. So it was a, a fun time. Just kind of just hang out and talk. But here's what came up, and I totally forgot about this. Not forgot. I didn't even think about it this way. Both those guys played for the Lions. The Lions play the Jags, so it's a winnable game. They want us to cheer for the Lions. This is why. If the Lions win and the Vikings win, when the Vikings travel to Detroit next week and beat Detroit, they officially win the NFC North. Because regardless of what happens to the Packers and what happens to the Bears, they're out. The Vikings win, 10 wins. There's no way the Bears and the, and the Packers can catch them. The Lions are the only team that could catch them and tie them up because they lose the rest of their games and the Lions beat them. They have a tiebreaker. Then they got to go in and look at all the other crap. Hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> but being able to beat the Lions in their building, being able to say we're NFC North champs so they'll get the T-shirts because I remember – because those T-shirts are already made. Like the, the Vikings know they're going to win the North. Mm -hmm. So those T-shirts, people just know those T-shirts have been made. They've been ordered already. Uh, you know, RonJohnsonShirts.com is selling them. I don't know. But they they are made those shirts. So they're sitting in the warehouse waiting. Like the equipment team has them, waiting to hand them. This is what I loved about David Blau. He's like, I was like, I was like, TJ, if you win and you have a huge game against Detroit too, like two touchdowns, 10 catches at your, you know, back at home, blah, blah. I'm like, are you going to get the chance to take the shirt off? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. He's like, if they give them to me, I'm taking my shirt off. He's like, and then David Blau's like, no, but we'll we'll have the NFC North champion t-shirts on the plane. I was like, oh, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. And I was like, you got to Hulk Hogan that then and rip it open. And then you yeah. got the shirt chains. Mm -hmm. You got the slick back ponytail with the with the, the Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> like, so, mm -hmm. so here's my question to you guys as I built that up big time. Where do you stand? Would you rather the Lions lose to the Jags and Trevor Lawrence go out there and just end it and the, the North is already done this week? Or do you still want them to have something to play for versus the Lions? Because we know that could be a trap game if the North is in there in the bag. Where do you guys stand on that? Win it now or win it next week in Detroit? Let's go with you, Luke. 
I think it's a foregone conclusion either way, whether it's this week or next week, they're going to wrap up this North either way. The way you just laid that out though, Ron, the way you just rolled out the red carpet, that would be pretty phenomenal to see a guy like TJ Hawkinson. And of course, David Blau as well. Do that and clinch it in Detroit. Obviously, I hope Hawkinson has a big game there as well, a good stat line. So that I think would be a little bit more magical, a little bit more special, put a little cherry on top. But either way, this week or next week, I think it's already a done deal. It's a foregone conclusion. But again, the way you kind of laid everything out, yeah, sure. Let's wait until next week. That sounds a little bit fun. What you got, Reggie? Yeah, it does sound fun. As a competitor, that's mm -hmm. what you want. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. let them win. Let's match up and, and let's beat them so we can like let them know we the one and not the two. You know, like that's fun. But I think from a fan perspective, the fans are like, yeah, dog, like, go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead and do what you did to Lamar and, and the Ravens and them. Like, go ahead and do that and, and just and just make it easy for our guys, please, because we've been through enough as a long suffering fan like that. That's what we want. We don't we don't want any other complications. We get enough enough uh, arrhythmia as, as it is. So I think. It, from a fan perspective, you're like, look, I'll take it however I can get it. But as a competitor, you're like, okay, no, like this Vikings team, we, if we're going to say we're for real, like let's go in here and line it up. May the best man win. We think it's going to be us. The Lions are the Lions. Let's go in there, beat them, and let's celebrate, pop some bubbly and, and put some chains on on the plane. You know, just have it to where it's like wearing the head down. You can't even put your head up straight because the chains are just weighing the neck down so hard. <laughs> here's where i stand on it i totally want them to wait i also want the lions to win more games i want the lions to possibly sniff the playoffs like i want them to be there because this is where they go they lose eight games they got to win out uh because you look at the, the playoffs now in the nfc is getting better and better at first we were like man this playoffs is terrible now it's gotten better because the worst team is seven and five even though i'm not talking about the five six bucks there that nfc south is just trash we're going to throw them away with, with the state of florida but when you look at the buccaneers <laughs> and five and six they don't really count in this but you got the eight and two cowboys with the five seed you got the seven and four giants with the four seed and then you got the seven and five washington commanders who are fourth fourth in the nfc the entire nfc east could be at the playoffs like they went from a dumpster fire of a division where we were like nobody wants to make the playoffs to now the best division as a whole where everybody in the nfc east right now can make the playoffs but they still all have to play each other and i think that's going to be the key i think if the the vikings can help out the lions by beating the giants they play the eagles i think uh the giants play them twice that's the run game there where they can get mm -hmm. knocked down by the eagles mm -hmm. so and, and it's a win-win for the vikings and i'm hoping for the and for me because if they knock them down and the Eagles lose to the Giants, and that helps the Vikings mm -hmm. get that number one seed. But the Giants can get yeah. knocked out of this with two losses to the Eagles and then two mm -hmm. more losses. All of a sudden, the Lions are in there, and the Lions are seventh seed. So I don't know. Yeah, like, and the, I, I'm, I'm and, pulling for Dan Campbell and, a little bit. And the Vikings play the Giants as well, too. So you hope that's another loss, too. But you hope that East beats each other up, as you just mentioned. And one other thing, look at the NFC South. Nobody wants to talk about this. Carolina Panthers are only one game back from the lead. They have the tiebreaker and record with a 3-1 and one record in the division. So they still play the Bucs one more time. I think it's Week 17. Uh, it's insane to think, after they traded C-Mac, and it looked like they were just going to sell the farm and play for next year, the Panthers are one game out from this division. Who knows when it's all yeah. said and done. Bucks, Falcons, Panthers, all still in the mix in that division. They would host a they game got, in the playoffs. 
That's wild. They got Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Luke, be quiet, man. That is that. <laughs> if you put them together, Ryan ain't though, slick. maybe you get and one Ryan, average quarterback. And Ryan, you ain't slick, man. Talking about Detroit, that's that's home, man. You rooting for them for different reasons. <laughs> Hey, hey, we, we I, I want them to have some some holiday cheer. Like everybody deserves a little bit of holiday cheer. Dan Campbell's had it hard. But I want to thank everybody who continues to watch, download, subscribe, listen, comment, share. Tell us how interesting Luke is. Continue to tell us. Tell us Luke is better than Luke Braun. Like we love that. Like Luke in minute over Luke <laughs> Braun. Make it go viral. Love it. But make sure you guys understand care 11 is a partner of locked on so you go to care 11.com as well and get all of our videos make sure when you subscribe to locked on sports you're getting you're gonna get endless vikings talk with local experts subscribe to the free locked on sports minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and you can find all of our videos all of our shows on our youtube channel as well as spotify apple itunes whatever it is iHeartMedia app wherever you get your podcast you can find us thank you and have a great weekend people Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.